0: and welcome to What in Nation, Tar Hill Blog's hot take podcast. On this episode, we're recapping a very frustrating loss to Virginia. I'm Tanya Bonnerant, and with me as always is Brandon Anderson. Brandon, have you successfully bleached your eyes from the game that we just watched?
1: Nope. Need more bleach.
0: There's not enough bleach.
1: I need a lifetime supply of bleach to cleanse my eyes of what we just watched.
0: I said a few minutes ago that I would really like the Men in Black Memory Eraser to just delete the file of this game from my memory because it was an atrocious display of basketball.
1: It was downright terrible. And part of that is to blame on Virginia playing typical Virginia basketball. Whenever you play them, it's never going to completely be basketball. The other part of that is Carolina is just not a good shooting team this year, so that has lent itself to games against Virginia being especially worse than they usually are.
0: The whole not a good shooting team thing has come up a few times now, and it seems like every game we're having conversations about lengthy droughts without points. And when you're playing Ohio State or Virginia or Michigan— you can't afford to go four, five, six. I think today it was almost seven minutes without points. It just, you can't win that way.
1: No, not at all. And honestly, it might have been longer, but I truly cannot remember. Um, yeah, it just, this is what happens when you play two teams back-to-back that are just crushing people on the defensive side of the ball this year. Carolina scored forty-seven in this game um against Ohio Skate or I'm sorry, Ohio State. They scored 49. So it's about the same performance, which it's a little depressing. But like I said, both teams are really good defensively, so it's just it is what it is, I guess. Guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you look at the Ken Palm ratings, like you would expect Carolina to struggle against the teams that are as good as Ohio State and Virginia are. I can't say that I expected them to struggle to the point that they did. I mean, they Carolina made one three pointer today. Yeah, and. I know that they haven't been a good three-point shooting team by any means, but I they've at least been making more than one. And honestly, if we want to get very technical, they lost this game at the free throw line. Yeah, They missed 10 free throws, and they lost by nine.
1: That's one of those things that I think coaches probably talk about a bit more than we typically do as fans if you miss your free throws at such a high frequency they will cost you games and i'm not saying that's what happened in this game but trust me if they had made all their shots it at least would have helped
0: i mean from a point standpoint it is what happened in this game right and i mean armando baycott missed five we've seen big men struggle with free throws in the past I don't know that you can expect him to go out there and make all of them. It just doesn't seem like that's where his game is at right now. But Cole Anthony only made half of his. He he took six, and he only made three. And that's coming from a guy who was shooting better than 90% from the free throw line in high school. It just doesn't make sense to me that he has regressed there, of all places. Right. Um, I don't have an explanation for it. It seems like they've been getting tons of shots up after practice because they know it's an issue, but it's just frustrating to look at that and see Tim miss free throws and know that if you do better, at, at the very least, the game is closer. And if you make all of them, you win.
1: I think it goes without saying that we typically give big men a little bit more forgiveness when it comes to the free throw line. For sure. They're rarely going to be shooting in like the 90% range. There's no excuse for Cole Anthony. I don't know what's going on there. I, I can't begin to. This all reminds me of. I believe it was the 2013-14 season when UNC just couldn't buy free throws and it was like the most frustrating situation ever.
0: It's tough because when you get into close games, and I mean, today was probably not as close as the score indicates because of the way that Virginia plays basketball, but in, in close games, not being able to knock down free throws can very well be the difference between winning and losing and this team has not proven thus far that they are capable of making them in any kind of consistent way
1: no they're not and truth be told during this game I kept seeing things where I was just like why isn't UNC driving into the basket and at least giving the refs the chance to call fouls on Virginia because I'll be real honest, there was multiple times where I felt like they were getting fouled and it just wasn't getting called. However, with how things turned out, it's like, okay, they could have gotten to the free throw line more, but who's to say that that would have helped because they weren't making their free throws. So all around it was just frustrating.
0: I guess now is a pretty good time to talk about the What was probably most surprising to me was that Armando Bacot started the game. And when he left the game against Ohio State with a sprained ankle that looked terrible, I think we all were understandably assuming that he was going to miss at least a couple of weeks. The fact that he was able to go today, and honestly, he was... Possibly the best player on the floor in Carolina Blue. Absolutely. Um, I think that's saying a lot, and it makes it makes what happened even a little more frustrating. I think because if you play when when Carolina lost to Ohio State, it was easy to look at it and say like the game probably would have been different if Baycott had been in there. The points in the paint that Ohio State was getting just... It seemed like it would be different with Big Hot's presence down low. But Carolina really didn't have any excuse for how poorly they played today. Like, there's nothing you can point to and say like, oh, like, well, there's there's this thing or that thing. They came out of the gate and were just awful. I mean, Virginia was too. But that is kind of a missed opportunity for Carolina because Virginia was so bad right from the start, but Carolina matched them in badness. And we've seen that a couple of times this year where like other teams will have a really rough stretch. That happened against Ohio State, but Carolina is unable to do anything with it. And I don't know if that's Carolina's defense, coming through or just the other team going through a rough spell hard to really say but the the point there is that the offense is letting them down over and over and over and it's it's got to be frustrating for them it's got to be frustrating for Roy Williams because it's incredibly frustrating for me to watch.
1: I think it was best said on the radio that both teams are trying to find their offensive identities right now, and I think as far as UNC is concerned, right now I think we kind of know what it should be, but it's not necessarily what's happening, and with this game in particular, I at least have some type of explanation because Baycott got some tough shots, to go in like he fought for every single point that he had to get in this game um finished with 11 points was five for eight so that's what you like to see but um still when you see like Cole Anthony put up 15 shots and only only make four. four of them that's telling you that there's an imbalance there Maybe if your shots aren't going in, they should be coming from somewhere else somehow, some way. But I don't know. Like, it's just it's a weird thing right now.
0: I feel like Cole Anthony is trying to do everything himself. And on one hand, I absolutely understand it because he has to be looking around and seeing that, you know, the whole team is struggling offensively. He's the most talented player on the floor. It probably kind of falls to him to make something happen when nothing is happening. But I also think he's trying to do a little too much right now, and that's resulting in some pretty ugly shots and turnovers. The turnovers, especially Cole Anthony had six. Yeah. That's awful. Right. I mean, I'm sorry, but it's it's bad. It's bad. Um if you have more turnovers than made shots, it, it's, it's
1: bad. Yeah. If you want to give him praise for anything in this game, Kihei Clark only had one field goal. And that was because Cole kind of sagged off of his man, and Clark got a step on him and drove to the hoop. But aside from that...
0: That being said, Clark made five free throws... He and did. those came because Cole kept fouling him on three-point shots. That's true. So, you know, th- yeah.
1: I was trying with some silver lining here, but. Well, I'm here to smash <laughs> that.
0: Because, yeah, like that was a super frustrating thing that kept happening. Was and, and it wasn't just Cole. Like I felt like multiple times Carolina played good defense for like 28 seconds and forced Virginia into a bad shot but fouled them on that bad shot and then they got free throws and they made 72% of theirs. So that's a big difference. And Virginia got a lot of help from their bench. They had two players in double figures off the bench. Carolina just didn't. They had two players in double figures full stop and Anthony Harris and Jeremiah Francis actually got into this game for the first time this season. And I'm sure it was probably a bit of a let's try anything and see if something works thing by Roy Williams. But the crazy part is that Anthony Harris in six minutes outscored Brandon Robinson in 26 minutes. Mm. And, Anthony Harris and Jeremiah Francis combined in nine minutes only had one less point than Garrison Brooks had in 33 minutes. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know how many different ways we can, like, serve up. It was real bad offensively. Like, no matter which way you try to cut it like that's what you keep coming back to and I I don't know what the answer is and I don't think any of them do either unfortunately
1: it's tough it's really tough and obviously the teams that they have been playing have magnified the situation considerably you mentioned it before, and so I just want to dive into the kempom Palm ratings for Virginia and Ohio State. They are one and two. Virginia is the best defensive team. Ohio State is the second best. So there you go. And unfortunately, the train of ridiculous defense does not stop there because Louisville is third. Duke is fourth. And Florida State is fifth. So North Carolina is going to have to figure it out real quickly.
0: And I do think that really good defensive teams amplify how bad Carolina's offense has looked. They've definitely looked worse against Ohio State and Virginia than they did in the prior games, even though we knew that it was a problem in those prior games. Now, like you said, the road does not get easier with several ACC teams right there toward the top, but hopefully something clicks. I mean, I feel like we keep saying that, but I don't know. This this team needs their shooters to get going something fierce. I feel like Cole hasn't really been in a groove since maybe the Notre Dame game. Maybe the Alabama game.
1: He hasn't been like a lights-out shooter probably since Notre Dame. Notre
0: Dame, yeah. And, you know, thankfully, Baycott has stepped up and been a true second option. But it's just this team really needs the Brandon Robinsons and the Christian Keelings to get going on the wing. Um, they are sorely hurting without that. Leaky Black is still not much of an offensive threat. I think what he does defensively is good most of the time. Uh, He had a couple really good defensive plays today against Virginia, but he also had a really, really bad defensive play, like we were just talking about, where they basically ran out the entire shot clock and were forcing Virginia into a bad shot, and he just, like, grazed the dude's arm. Now, we can talk all day about whether that should be called a foul or not, but... You can't lower your hand. Right. Like, it, there, it was just unnecessary, and, like, the dude was off balance. It was it was not going to be a good shot. Uh, so maybe just play it straight up and, and let the chips fall where they may there. I guess the... The thing it all boils down to is an answer has to emerge, and it just doesn't – we don't know what that answer will be. And it's tough because it's – it could definitely get ugly, to say the least, as if these last two games weren't ugly. Scoring 18 points in the first half against Virginia certainly qualifies as ugly. I mean, there's no shame in losing to the teams that Carolina has lost to. No. However, the way that they have lost has been maddening. And, you know, this Virginia team is not last year's Virginia team or even the year before's Virginia team, I would say. Um, So if there were ever a team that you felt like a decently good Carolina team could go on the road and beat. It seems like it would be this one. And to end up with another loss in frustrating fashion because you only make one three-pointer, you miss 10 free throws, and your best player is four for 15 from the field, it sucks.
1: Especially when the best two ways to beat Virginia are free throws and three-point shooting. Yes. Those are the two best ways to beat them. And fast break points. Can we talk about fast break points for a second? Because
0: this team just doesn't do fast break points. No,
1: not at all. If If we're being very honest. And unfortunately, we can't access where I would be able to see that. But I know at one point, UNC had zero. There was just zero fast break points, and it's... It's depressing. The one time I thought it was going to happen, Cole drives on Clark and ends up driving into Clark's body, loses the ball, rolls out of bounds, and I cry in the car.
0: Yeah, it's... Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, another thing is that Carolina got out-rebounded and... I feel like every time they get out rebounded, it's almost always a loss. Like, they just can't survive losing the rebounding battle. And it was pretty close. Um, It was 37 to 32. But when every possession lasts six years, as it does when you play Virginia, you really can't afford to give them extra opportunities. And unfortunately, that's exactly what happened. Um, I I don't really know what else to say about this game. 12 turnovers is ugly. A 7% shooting night from the three-point line is ugly. Um, Cole Anthony's game was not what it could be. And I'm super hesitant to go in on any of these guys because, I mean, they they don't want to lose. But it's just, it's really frustrating basketball to watch. You can definitely say that we are incredibly spoiled that we're sitting here complaining about this when it could easily be much worse. But... You have to hope that things get better. Um, I know that last year, everyone kind of was running for the hills when Carolina lost to Louisville at home, and that was super ugly. Hopefully, we're talking about things in a similar way later on this year, um, that we like we did last year, where... You know, it was, it was easy to look back at that Louisville loss and be like, ha, ah, the, the world did not end after that game. So hopefully we get something similar this year.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be fine. And
0: This is me attempting to grasp at silver lining. <laughs> it
1: goes back to what I've been saying all week. UNC has lost th- to three teams that have at some point existed in the AP Top 15. Yeah. So there's no reason to really take too much pain and anguish away from these three losses. It's just one of those things where maybe Carolina was ranked higher than they probably should have been. I don't think they're ready to be in the Top 10. They're not going to be after this. And so what you do now is you try to figure out ways to plug in the holes in this team and get some momentum going after. So they have Wofford next, right? And then Gonzaga. And then they go into this stretch where they don't even play an unranked team for, like, ever. I don't even a think... Team. I'm sorry, a ranked team yeah. for, like, ever. So then basically you take those games and you try to work out as much as you can and i'm not saying that they're going to win all of them honestly they still run risks of losing any of them but i do think that you'll at least have somewhat of a better chance of figuring out some of these issues when you're not playing these teams that are just suffocating on defense so that's kind of where i'm at right
0: now yeah the Gonzaga game is definitely going to be a difficult one. I don't think anybody is doubting that. But aside from Gonzaga, the schedule is more favorable than it has been to this point. And, I mean, let's not pretend like Roy Williams' teams have not taken some very early WTF losses before. They have. And I don't even know that any loss so far this year has qualified as that because they've all been good teams. The way that Carolina has lost has sucked, but they haven't lost to Stephen F. Austin or Evansville or some of these other teams that other teams have lost to where it's just like, how did that even happen?
1: Or even some of them that we've lost to before. right? Wofford, Northern Iowa. Right. At one point during the, like, ACC Big Ten Challenge, Iowa.
0: Right. And following the Gonzaga game, Carolina doesn't play another team that's ranked currently until February 3rd against Florida State. So that is a whole month of games that should, at least on paper, be a little easier. I think that the schedule has been a real disservice to a team that is very new playing together and young and just not cohesive. Um, Playing teams like Ohio State and Virginia will really exploit those issues, whereas if, if you played them in February, it could very well be a different story. But early on, it's just extremely difficult. But you have to play the games that are laid out in front of you. And unfortunately, this is what Carolina has been handed. Now, hopefully, we can get through this next stretch of, again, teams that at least on paper should be easier. And if we can get through that stretch with only one or two losses... Knock on wood. Right. I think things will look a lot better. But um, I think that Roy Williams has always said it best in that you never, you're never you never as bad as you are when the ball's not going in, and you're never as good as you look when the ball is going in. Um, and let's hope that they aren't as bad as they look when the ball isn't going in, because It has just
1: not been going in. The last thing I'm going to say before we get into best and worst of this game, there's people that, or I'm sorry, are people that feel as though this team may run the risk of not making the NCAA tournament. UNC is going to make the NCAA tournament. I'm very willing to say that, have it be recorded, save it in the archives, play it to me again in March. This team's gonna make the tournament. I think we all need to just take a breather. It will be fine. There will be problems. Like, there's already problems, and they're gonna have to figure out ways to navigate through them. But, like, I don't think that. The ACC schedule dictates that they will have the worst time in the world getting through some of this stuff. Like, we were talking about what they have coming up after Gonzaga. So just in ACC play, they start with Georgia Tech, play Pitt, play Clemson, play Pitt again, play Virginia Tech, play Miami State, Boston College, and then you finally get to ranked Florida State. It'll be fine.
0: I mean, the thing is that college basketball is not having a great year overall. Like it's bad. I think I think that there are no super amazing teams. Um any team can be beat. So I'm not worried about the NIT. I'm not worried about the NCAA tournament. I don't know why anyone is worried about those things right now because they feel like a century away at this point. Um, I think people just want to be the first one to call something. And, like, in a situation where Carolina does end up in the NIT, people want to, like, go back and be like, see, I told you. And that just is super unproductive to me. So... I don't see the point in getting worked up about where Carolina is going when the season's over right now. We'll we'll know more in a couple months. Um, but I think it's just – if you have an open Christmas presents, I don't want to hear about the NIT. I don't want to hear about the NCAA tournament. I don't want to hear about any of that right now.
1: The biggest threat to their season right now is health. Yep. That's it.
0: And and like I said, maybe they do end up in the NIT. I don't know what's going to happen. But, like, why does it matter on December 8th?
1: It doesn't. What matters now is that we have Wofford coming up, and that will be in Carmichael, and we'll see how that goes. Yep. Tanya, best of this game? Oh, God.
0: <laughs> um... I was really excited to see Jeremiah Francis and Anthony Harris. I think that if Carolina can get them back and get them going up to speed, they will present some good options um, that we've been lacking to this point. So that's my best of. What was your best of?
1: I think I'm going to say the same and throw in Baycott because honestly, we expected him to be out so much longer than he actually was that this is a game changer. We may not have won this particular game, but getting Baycott back this soon, especially before you go and travel to play Gonzaga, is huge. Um, Anthony Harris and Jeremiah Francis being available now. Both also huge because it gives you depth in the backcourt, which we had next to none of before. So that's definitely best of the game for sure. Tanya, worst of the game?
0: Everything else. Yeah. I mean, I could go into details. Like I could say it was the turnovers. I could say that it was the scoring droughts. I could say that it was the three-point shooting. But it's just quicker for me to say that it was everything else.
1: Mine is Virginia. Just, I... Cannot handle watching Virginia basketball.
0: This man complains more about Virginia than he does like literally anything else. You don't understand. It
1: it, it just I don't I can't wrap my mind around it. Why any team would play like that? If I mean, and there was it's a, working right. There was a point in time where I could yell this from the mountaintops and be like, "See, they're still not winning a national championship with this," and I. I just about lost my mind when they won it last year.
0: But last year was different because, because they had, they NBA had players. an offense. Yeah. Um, I Cop. don't know. If, if all of their games are anything like today's game, I would quit. Yeah. Because it was the worst thing I've seen in months. And a lot of that was because Carolina stunk. Right. Don't get me wrong. But Virginia also stunk. And if that's how... Most of their games go, and judging by the point totals, it might be. Um, It's unwatchable to me.
1: Virginia's game is basically our offense stinks, but we're going to make the other team stink more, and that's how we win.
0: And it works, unfortunately, more often than it has failed as of late. So it continues at least once or twice a year. We're going to have to watch it, and it's going to – Hurt a piece of my soul, but here we are.
1: Yeah. Um, one quick other thing that I wanted to bring up before we close out I also saw some Kobe White greater than Cole Anthony tweets.
0: I mean, I don't put a lot of stock in that. People, like, people are overreacting to everything. That's no different. Cole Anthony's not having a great stretch, so I think it's. You know, easy to say that. I love Kobe. I think he's great. I think we should also keep in mind that Kobe White had a much better supporting cast than what Cole Anthony has, and that probably matters more than people want to admit. Um, I think they're both good. I, I don't know how we will all feel once this season is over, but I think the thing that you have to keep in mind is that the players around you can make you look Really good or really bad. And Kobe White had a lot more help than what Cole Anthony has right now.
1: I think you took the words right out of my mouth. Like, it's fair to say you and I love Kobe. We just have been following him for so long. Still following him. But, I mean, you couldn't double up on Kobe because who's going to be open? Cam. If you... Try to lock down both of them. Who else is going to be open? Luke. And it just kind of kept going. Like, that. yeah, it, it's it's something. People need to just breathe. Everything's going to be okay. Cole is still good. He scored twelve points in another bad game.
0: I mean, I don't want to diminish the complaints because the complaints are valid. It's just that at some point they're not productive. And I don't think it's productive to go on about whether Kobe is better or not because Kobe's in the NBA now. Right. And this is what we got. So.
1: Kobe's not walking through the door.
0: He's not. That's really so. just
1: the truth of it. So.
0: And I think that Cole Anthony is better than he's been. Um, the team as a whole is probably better than they have been. But again, it. It really depends on the people you have around you, and they can they can make you look pretty good or they can make you look pretty bad. And I I have a hard time saying that the team is doing a lot to make Cole look better right now, but whatever.
1: Let's just have this conversation after the next couple games. That's kind of where I'm at. Just the whole conversation of the state of the team. We'll, we'll have a talk after Wofford and
0: maybe Gonzaga. So we'll be back to recap the Wofford game next week. Have seven days to wash the taste of Virginia out of our mouths, and we may need every last one of them to do so. In the meantime, you can check us out on TarHeelBlog.com. And until then, go Heels.
1: Go Heels.